Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello, Nairway to Broadway. This is Emma, and I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, Alexandra Boylan. Um, Alexandra Boylan is is an award-winning filmmaker, was born and raised in Georgetown, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, where she first began her career um, and exploration into acting, which led her to actually relocate to Los Angeles, which we're going to talk about. Um, She built a solid resume of independent films, short subjects, and music videos. Um, So utilizing the skills obtained on dozens of movie sets and harnessing the passion that fuels her, she formed her own production company, Mirror Tree Productions, which has produced numerous feature films, including Home Sweet Home and At Your Own Risk. Her company, Mustard Seed Entertainment, had the film Catching Faith and had a two-year run on Netflix and was on the shelves of Walmart and is currently streaming on Hulu and Amazon Prime. So check that out if you haven't seen it. The sequel, Catching Faith 2, released in 2019 and her film Wish for Christmas sold to Pure Flix Entertainment and Universal Studios Home Entertainment. Her script, Switched, was awarded the winner of the Kairos Pro Movie Guide Award um, and Alexandra Re- or for Best Screenplay, and the movie released September 4th, 2020, receiving rave reviews. Um, Switched has been said, I'm just, just throwing this in there, this isn't even a part of her bio, but said to be like a combo of Mean Girls and Freaky Friday. Um, so Alexandra recently completed principal photography on her new family film, The Greatest Inheritance in Columbus, Georgia. So shout out to our Atlanta folks. We have a, we have a big um, Atlanta listening um, kind of group. Um, Alexandra is the author of Create Your Own Career in Hollywood, Advice from a Struggling Actress Who Became a Successful Producer, and that is available in Kindle and print on Amazon. So check that out too. Um, She's an active member of Women in Film Los Angeles, where she served on the WIF PSA board, um, and she's the outreach coordinator for Ms. in the Biz and co-collaborator on the book Thriving in Hollywood. Wow, Alexandra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And shout out to Atlanta. I'm actually in Savannah, Georgia right now. So hi, everybody in Georgia. (laughs) Yes, that's so funny. Yeah, we have, I think it's probably because a lot of the people I went to school with are like native Atlanta people. But you, your resume is just, you're killing it. Like you have done so much. And I'm so excited to kind of chat about that. And I think, you know, in order for you to have this, this kind of resume, this many credits, this many things, you, I know we talked yesterday and a lot of this conversation will be like me totally geeking out over that conversation, but a lot of your career and a lot of your life seems like the Lord has, you know, called you into some pretty intense pivots. Um, I know that you like lived on the road for a year. I know that for a while you were living out of your car in LA. So I just would love to hear kind of how God has worked through um, this theme around like living into God's will, um, despite it not maybe looking like the life you had planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think what's really exciting about life is the more you have it, the rearview mirror, the more you can see what God is doing. And it's such a blessing that I get to see what God was doing after many years of thinking I was failing, thinking things weren't working out. And then as God called me to pivot, I saw, oh, he was doing this and it's so exciting when you get to see what god has done in your life with all the things Mm -hmm. that didn't always look the way you thought it would look and that's kind of my story i 
grew up as a minister's kid in Georgetown, Massachusetts, and I got the acting bug really young. And I just always knew I was going to move to Hollywood and wanted to pursue acting and wanted to be a movie star. And I moved out in 1999 when I was 19 years old. I packed up my Toyota Corolla and I moved to Los Angeles, California all by myself. I was a little whippersnapper. Mm-hmm. I just just was fearless because I was young. I was too young to know anything different. I didn't know that apartments didn't come with silverware and stuff. <laughs> and I got there and it was like, oh, I have to like buy things for the apartment. <laughs> oh my and so I was just very young and naive, but I was bullheaded. And I think that's why God uses me a lot is because I don't take no for an answer. And I was like, I'm going to succeed. And After a year of being in LA, I did become homeless. I had a job and I had money, but I didn't have any community and I lost the place I was living. And I ended up having to move into my car for a month. Wow. (laughs) And my parents were like, I think it's time for you to come home. And I was like, no, I will not. I am going to succeed. It's just a bump in the road. I'll be okay. I'll find a new place to live. And I ended up um, sticking it out, staying in LA, but I spent the next 10 years really struggling, pounding the, pounding the pavement, as they say. I was a very stereotypical actress, pers- you know, waitressing at night, sending my headshots off back in the day. And, right. you know, you used to have Backstage West and you put your headshots in an envelope and take it to the post office and put it in there and then hope that someone calls you back. Right. And then... You know, I think in 2009, I really hit a wall of realizing that if I kept doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, I was turning into a crazy person. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't change my life, nothing was going to change. And I Mm -hmm. decided in 2009 to yet again, pack up my Toyota Corolla. Yeah. And I moved to Albuquerque. Old faithful Toyota Corolla. (laughs) They're the best cars. I got to tell you. I have a Mini Cooper now, but a Toyota Corolla is really is really uh, my favorite. And you'll see my car is in a lot of my movies. It's kind of hilarious. You can That's see. so funny. <laughs> Every movie I've made by Toyota Corolla has made a guest appearance. <laughs> I love it. Your Toyota Corolla is part of is part of SAG. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, it always, you know, you need a car. You use your own, an independent right. film. So yeah, I moved out to Albuquerque to just like re-surrender my life to God. I had kind of felt like I had made a mess of my life and I wasn't, um, anywhere I thought I was going to be. And I spent, I got a, I got a job as a companion to elderly people through Home Instead Senior Care. And I just was like, okay, God, I want a job that has nothing to do with me. And I want to hang out with people, which was the best perspective you can get because I spent time with people at the end of their life. And yeah. I would learn that what really matters at the end of our life is not all the things that I was trying to build. It's your family, the people you love. And here I am trying to succeed and Mm -hmm. all about myself. And it really, it really, it really um, changed my heart spending time with elderly people. And then I got a couple jobs as a stand-in on a film set and just to pay the bills. And I met all these independent filmmakers and we all were like, hey, let's start making our own stuff. Right. And um, I decided why not, instead of waiting for someone to pick me, how about I choose myself? I will write mm-hmm. my own project, create my own project and put myself in my project. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so we started making shorts and we decided to make a feature. It was a thriller. We got a bunch of friends together in New Mexico, went out to the middle of nowhere, New Mexico. I, I brought in some of my actress friends from LA, Lorena mm-hmm. Segura, who's actually in Catching Faith 1 and 2, was in this wow. movie Home Sweet Home. 
And we made this total indie movie that we just thought maybe we'd show our family and maybe, you know, we'd have right. a calling card that we could make a movie. And after a couple of years in New Mexico, I moved back to Los Angeles and I brought that movie with me and I found a sales agent and the movie ended up going on to sell to a major distribution company. Wow. And it was like, whoa. And then I was kind of on the thriller path of making thriller horror movies when I was talking to my sales agent and he said, you know what you should be making? You should be making faith-based family movies. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's not the trajectory I was on at all. But I really right. felt like God struck the table and was like, I am calling you to do this. And I was like, wow. oh my gosh, God just yeah. called me to make faith-based movies. Wow. And that was, and then he, he said, I will get you, my sales agent said, I will get you the funding if you make the movie. And I really was yeah. excited to do it, but I didn't have enough money to keep my apartment in Los Angeles and make the movie. Mm -hmm. So I chose the movie and I put everything I owned in storage, got rid of my apartment and spent the next year living out of a suitcase to make our first faith-based film called Catching Faith. Oh my goodness. That is incredible. I feel, I mean, I'm excited to hear like more about Catching Faith and Catching Faith 2 and Switch and all this stuff. I think I would love to kind of, talk about something that you said that like really hit me yesterday and and hit me today too. You just said you got to the point where you said like no more waiting for someone to pick me and I think I mean I cannot be the only one who feels this way. I just feel like that's something that God is like desiring to just like cover the hearts of of actors especially in is just I, I was looking up just like, what does it mean for God? That's something that God is actually teaching me in my own life, just like separate from, you know, everything else is I like God chose us and he loves us. And we are like, we are mm -hmm. made worthy because of his, you know, his sacrifice for us. And, and I don't need, you know, a casting director or um, a professor or a friend or a relationship. Like I don't need to wait for someone to pick me. Like I was picked and chosen by the God of the universe. And it reminds me of 2 Thessalonians 2.13. Um, it says, but we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in truth. And I would just love, we don't, I mean, need to spend like a ton of time on this, but I I do just love, you know, you in, in that early part of the part of your career, earlier part. I mean, I think 2009 would have been like I guess 10 years after you moved to LA. But I think that is something that is so hard for us to learn is like, we're constantly desperate for some, just someone to pick us, like someone to get that, to recognize like our hard work and our, and our talent or our calling and just be like you, I want you. And, and I love how you said, you know, no more waiting for someone to pick me. Like I'm going to choose myself. So I would love for you to just like expand upon that a little bit of just what, what did that revelation? I mean, I know it completely changed the trajectory of your career. You were like, well, okay, now I'm not going to just like try to be an actress. I want to do so much more. So I would love for you to touch on that a little bit. Well, as an actor, I realized that you cannot work hard enough for someone to choose you. Right. And I have a really strong work ethic. I have a ton of energy. I mm -hmm. am usually, my energy is bouncing off the walls. And mm -hmm. so I felt like I was like a hamster in a cage, just going crazy, being like, I'm mm -hmm. doing everything right. I'm doing everything right. they tell you to do. I'm right. taking the casting director workshops. I'm sending out my headshot. I'm getting new headshots. And nothing 
was no matter what I did, I couldn't work hard enough for someone to pick me. So I am so glad that God, who knows me and knows my heart, called me into a space where he was like, you can work hard enough to create something. And then what an incredible thing to take a movie from conception to completion where I can throw my hard work and work ethic into it, Mm -hmm. where I can Mm -hmm. not give up because it's up to me to make sure that the project does not fail or end or stop. And then I could see the fruitions of my hard work. And and I think that's in 2009, after 10 years, I had nothing to show for all the hard work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And that was killing me. And it was like driving me into into a hole of just depression of, if I just keep doing this, I'll be 40, 50, 60. And what will I have to show for the fact that I am a hard worker? And I was like, I have to find a way to put my energy into something that I have a little control over creating the outcome. And how amazing that God called me to work for him because he is the best boss and the best person. And and it's funny because I I look back at my life and go, I wanted so much to be an actress. I put every tool I had in a toolbox and threw it under the bed and said, I'm just an actress. Right. And then when God said, no, why don't you use some of your other skills? It has been so exciting to see what God has done with the work that I no longer really care about acting. It's hilarious. Like I started, I'm, I'm one of the leads in catching faith. I put myself Mm -hmm. in my films and wish for Christmas. And then I got to the point where I was like, I care more about telling the story, writing the movie, producing the movie, that I care about being in front of the camera. If God hadn't have made me pivot, I would have never found this passion I didn't even know I had. Right, right. That is so cool. I just love that. Well, and I think it's just, it's like joyfully, I think it's like being a joyful giver. Like I think when Paul writes about that, it's like cheerful giving and not giving out of like reluctance is not just about like money. I mean, I think that like that's how it's being referred to in the New Testament, but like being a cheerful giver of our gifts, it's like, it's because God can do more with it. Not because mm-hmm. we are just acts like God's just asking us to like sacrifice something for sacrificial sake. Like I think that is a, it's about God being like, actually, no, I want to do more with more of the gifts that I gave you. Like I want to sow more through you. You just have to like say yes to me. Um, I remember you said that yesterday on the phone, you were like, I'm, I'm kind of a yes man. Like I love saying yes. And I think I that do. God can do so much through our yes. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, Kind of the next thing that I would love to chat about, which kind of goes back to this message of like, you know, in, in our careers that we are already loved and 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 worthy and we are already chosen. But mm-hmm. I know a big thing um, that you that you really focus on in, in a lot of your films and a, a big part of your passion um, is sort of this messaging, particularly for for Christian women. I think you have, you know, in. in someone telling me about you of like, Hey, you should, you should interview Alexander. I was like, she makes Christian based films with, with women at the center with female protagonists. And I think, gosh, like, I just think about, um, yeah, you know, the things that I watched when I was a kid or the things that I read and, and I, I don't know, I even read this book when I was, um, in a Bible study with my mom, when I was like, probably in middle school. And it was this book called lies young women believe. Um, and it was, a lot of it was just like about body image or about what the kind of the world tries to cultivate. So my question for you is, you know, what, what is some of the messaging that young women are getting in, you know, with the content that they're absorbing, 
you know, just generally versus what is the message of your movies or of the things that you're trying to um, teach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I feel like growing up and a lot of entertainment, first and foremost, kind of pin, pits women up against each other, mm-hmm. um, creates competition at a very young age. And yeah. that has always frustrated me because I do think entertainment has such a, a ability to shape culture like we talked about. And if we right. could show young women how to love one another at a young age. And I also feel like a lot of the films that come out nowadays for young people and even stuff we watched, a lot of it is chasing boys. Or if right. the cutest boy in school likes you, then you're validated. Well, right. that is just a crazy narrative. What about right. all the other incredible things that a woman has to offer than just being loved by a man? That's a beautiful right. part of life. Right. But I feel like it became the the center of everything. Mm-hmm. And really, first and foremost, our identity lies in Christ. Right. And we are already loved by a creator who also calls us to love others as we love ourselves, yeah. which when we created Switched, I so wanted to focus on the message of love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think a lot of young people don't know that the importance of knowing that God made you wonderfully and beautifully made. He knitted you together in the womb and he loves you. And therefore you need to love yourself so you can pour the love that he gives you onto somebody else. But first you have to be loved, understand the love of God within your heart before you can do that. And so much of our films deal with that of like catching faith deals with, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you give to everyone else. Women are givers, you know, their husbands, their children, their jobs, everything. Mm but they're forgetting to take care of themselves. So they're, they're haggard and withered down and exhausted. So we try to encourage women. Okay. Get, take some time for self self care so that you can be good to everybody else. And, and I feel like for switched, it's just so important to me that they, the girls were not chasing boys. They were chasing relationships with one another, chasing Mm -hmm. to learn each other, to learn, to love one another Mm-hmm. Um, and to show that at a very young age to young girls, because I think that could change the future for women that when they grow up, they aren't pinned against each other. They are championing one another and right. loving one another and not like, and I also think there is, you know, you know, in the workplace and women, like women are clamoring to the top because there's so few spots for women at the top. And when I started producing my own movies, I was like, I am going to create jobs for women. Right. Tons of jobs for women. So mm-hmm. it isn't like there's only one girl gets to be on a grip on a movie set. No, no, no. We can right. have five girls <laughs> because yeah. there is the, just changing and trying to shift culture both in front of the camera because our movies go out to all over the world and these messages are seen all over planet Earth. It's crazy. But also right. on our set, not only for the crew, but also for the people who come to our set. I mean, on Catching Faith, We had a tiny crew, we had a small budget, and like you said, finding your joy. I loved being on set, encouraging everybody to be a part of what we were doing. I loved the spirit of of getting to be Jesus' hands and feet, even just on set where I got to love on people. We had people come to know Jesus on our film set, and I kept thinking, well, if this is the only reason I'm making Catching Faith, then that's enough. If this movie never sees the light of day, Well, that person came to know the Lord because they were in the presence of us making this movie, showing them the way, the truth and the light of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. 
and and then when the and when catching faith came out this is exciting so catching faith is about a woman we tell a female protagonist story we it's about the mother the wife the woman and when the film came out it came out in south africa before it came out in america and we got a letter from a woman in a village in south africa who had seen the film on tv said it was the first time in her life she saw herself represented on screen Wow. She was so touched by the movie. She um, ordered all of the workbooks because she wanted to do the workbooks with all the women in the village and, oh and share this message with the women. And mm. I, I happened to be with my director and cinematographer at our house that day. We were all sitting around and we got the letter. And I start crying. Like I was crying so hard. I couldn't stop crying. I was so moved by this story that I was like, we had this impact on one woman in a village in South Africa because we stepped out in faith and made a movie that God said to make. And my, my DP and director said, why are you crying so hard? And I said, because if we made this movie for that woman and that woman alone, then that's enough. And wow. that's kind of just the beginning of the Catching Faith story. Every time we get a message, I'm like, Oh my gosh, God, it wasn't just for the people on set. It wasn't just for right. that woman. It's got, we went to Cuba on a movie tour for that movie and it has blessed hundreds of lives in Cuba. And I'm just like right. blown away by what God can do with our tiny little acts of faith when we step right. out and do what we think is impossible is possible for God. So we have to step out and do it. And I don't know, when on a tangent I get really excited about this stuff. <laughs> no, I love it. I love the tangents. I mean, that's what we're here for. We have time. Um, and to tell women's yeah. stories and how impactful right. that is to women in other countries and America sure. to see themselves represented on camera in a different way because we write the movies as women. So that it's right. coming from the female gaze and we know how women talk and how women think. So we right. get, I get to, my sister and I get to put that in the movie and then women can right. completely relate to it. Right. I think that's, I mean, that's so important because I think as, you know, as like a young, I'm trying to think of like what I was watching as like a young Christian, curious about God, excited to see what he was doing, but also like didn't exactly like have my mind wrapped around it, like what I was watching. And I just think that something that you talked about a little bit yesterday was like, if we're going to represent anybody, like the whole entire point of art in general, like I think some would argue is to just like reflect um, like authenticity. It's like we're just trying to be authentic here. And if if all Christians are portrayed in art as like just sitting around, you know, singing Kumbaya and like crying, it's like we – that's like such a – I mean, you know, encountering the Holy Spirit. It's like what a beautiful thing. Like there's a lot of emotion involved. There's a lot of struggle involved in being a believer. But like – I love what you said about um, switched with the with the wardrobe. You were like, I want the wardrobe to be stellar because like Christian girls, like we also are, you can think about trends. You can think about clothes. You can think about all these different things that also matter. It's like, why is, you know, it's like we want Christians to be speaking normally, like you said. So I would love to hear. And the only reason that can happen, I think, and this is such a fun conversation, it's like the only reason, we're not just like, simply hiring women or simply representing women because they've been up or underrepresented. I think that obviously that's super important, but a lot of the time it's like we can't authentically portray women or Christian women if there's not a single woman or Christian woman involved in production. Like how do we expect to do that? Right. Absolutely. You know? And I think it, it, that has been some of the problem in, in, in cinema, in faith-based and not having a woman at the table. And, and I will, I've had 
male partners of mine make a suggestion for what the character should say. And I was like, well, that's just not what a woman would say. And that's right. some of the issue is that like, right. I can't write for a man like John can, my partner who's written a lot of our films and directed it. And he can't write yeah. for a woman like I can, which is why it's so important to have women and men have equal seats at the table mm -hmm. so that we are correctly speaking for our, um, our sex, our gender. Right. And, um, right. Yeah. So, and, and yes, switch to me. Like I want, so when I grew up, I had Amy Grant. This is my yeah. be best example of what I wanted to do in movies. When right. I was a little girl, I had Amy Grant. She was the only one I was allowed to listen to. I had very strict parents. I couldn't see dirty dancing. All my yeah. friends, that's how old I am. That's I'm 41. Dirty dancing was really big. A lot mm -hmm. of those movies I was not allowed to see. And, but I got Amy Grant. She was my rock star. She was my Madonna. Like everyone was listening to Madonna yeah. and Paula Abdul. And it didn't bother me because I had Amy Grant who was a rock star. She would get on stage. She right. was hip. She totally. was cool. Her music was awesome. So now as a filmmaker, I look at that going, what can I do to provide for Christians that they're missing? And for me, it's that mainstream fun movies like Mean Girls, Freaky Friday, Clueless, but put it into the faith space where they don't, the girls and boys don't feel like they're missing out on anything. Yeah. Because they're like, right. oh, this movie is lame. Or yeah, the wardrobe doesn't like look like what we dress like. Right. <laughs> like we want them to be like proud that this is for them and they can share it with their friends and go to school. And that's like my sister says a lot with her, her, her kids and she runs youth groups and she said a lot of faith-based films, the kids are watching it with their parents, but they're right. not running to school to tell their friends. Right. We wanted to create something that they were like, this is so awesome. And they're going right. to school sharing it. And that's how you get the message out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, that's, I mean, that's probably why I know you all run won an award for best uplifting screenplay. And I think mm -hmm. that's what has to happen is that, what's so unfortunate and sad about like kind of the content that we see nowadays is like they they loop people in with like like a sex scene right at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. or the movie or whatever because it like first like I guess psychologically just like traps people in statistically that's like what you there's a formulaic way of making content to so that people watch and so I think if you're not gonna have that then the writing better be like really good the writing and the and the the representation of characters has to be really authentic. The wardrobe has to be good, which is so actually now that I'm thinking about it, it's like really sad because I think there's a lot of shows that people watch a lot that are just, they have these kind of like cheap, cheap draws. Um, mm. And, and it's just, I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's just kind of like a bummer. So I, I think that this, there's such a need for this. I, okay. You told this story yesterday about, you, oh my gosh, I literally can't believe that. I don't remember the exact contents of the story because it was yesterday. But you talked about like you were going into a meeting and you like sat down at the table. <laughs> I, I would love to just, I would love yeah. for our viewers to just hear this, hear this story. <laughs> well, I had a studio meeting after I sold one of my films and my partner, John Katie Graham at the time, he was my writing, directing, producing partner and my sales agent, Ryan Keller, the three of us went to the studio. We walked in the room. It was all men in the studio, about four men. And we go into the conference room 
And I immediately sit down at the head of the table because I knew that if I didn't sit down at the head of the table, I might not be heard. Yeah. Um, and and also when it comes to our films, definitely growing up as a minister's kid, my faith, I know my audience. I am my audience. So I right. wanted to make sure that I was able to talk to the studio right. and not get like looked over. And so right. I was kind of bold to sit down at the head of the table at a studio. Like right. usually the studio exec takes the seat and I did it, but mm. it was amazing because I was able to share the passion behind the film that they were going to buy and the, and the, mm. and the trajectory of the career that I was going after. I was like, these are the movies I want to make. This is what I want to do. And mm. this is why. And I was like, your audience is 90, 90% women are buying this. Where are the women at the table? Right. So that you're authentically making choices for the audience. That is the one, the women are the number one buyers of faith-based films, the yeah. mothers, the wives, the, you know, my, my brother-in-law is a pastor. I don't think he's ever bought a faith-based movie in his life. Like right, he's, right. you know, watching Marvel, a normal movie, not normal, right. other movies. And so it's my sister who's buying it for the family. So right. I just wanted to make sure that they kind of could see my perspective and hear what I was trying to explain and what my vision was for my company and my future. So I sat down at the head of the table. <laughs> I think so I'm also, like I said, very bold. And I feel like right. when God put something in my heart, and yeah. he says to do it, I have to fight for what he wants. So I'm going to go right. and, and fight for it until right. we get it done. <laughs> right. And I think too, like that gesture, it wasn't to be like, I am better than you and my voice is more valuable. It's just to be like, hey, like you and I, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ in film and in TV and in theater, like we're a team. And if we're going to be like authentically representing what it's like to be a Christian, or if we're going to be authentically representing the, you know, the story that we're trying to tell, we, we have to be on a team here. This isn't about like, this isn't even necessarily about like any gender dynamic or the conversation of representation purely. It's about like, we have a mission here. And at the, the, the end of the day, you know, once we, you know, we have to talk about representation, we have to talk about women in film, we have to talk about authentically representing women in faith-based film. But at the end of the day, this is about like the kingdom. This is about God and representing him well. And it's, you know, we talk about in scripture, it's like women's stories are told in scripture. And so if we're going to like authentically do this, we're going to, we're going to have to rally together men and women and be like, Hey, how do we tell these stories well? And right now we're not doing this super well with women. So like, let's, let's all like put our heads together and do this together. Um, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah. I love what you said. It was not a power play at all. It was, I just want to make sure that I get to, to, to speak into this conversation that mm -hmm. I am the buyer of like when you're talking right. to a studio and a product and you're creating a product, you want the person who's going to be the buyer at the table. And I, when I had said to them, I said, you know, your audience is, is majority women. They actually got it. And now that mm -hmm. studio has lots of women working there. Right. And so I think sometimes it's just saying it like, Hey, you know, right. just kind of like, bringing up that conversation can change right. perspective, change minds, go, oh my right. gosh, you're right. We didn't, and I think the guys didn't even realize it. And they were wonderful, incredible, right. godly men I was sitting with. Totally. And totally. they were just like, oh yeah, we didn't kind of think about that. Cause it's like what right. we talked about yesterday. We tend to hire and work with what looks like us. So it right, makes right. sense that you would hire what looks like you when you're on my film set. There's so many women because I'm hiring my friends and the people right. I spend my time with. So, you know, that was, yeah, I love that you said that because it was really more of just like, let's have a really open conversation and I want to make sure I'm here. And because 
I am a Christian. I come from a minister's home. I know what my audience is looking for. I just wanted to make sure that I have had a voice there. Yeah, for sure. Which I love. Um, okay. Amazing. So another thing, which it, it obviously goes through, you know, it applies to the conversation we just had, but something that I just love, and I think this is a conversation I could have and like talk about because there's such a tension here, which it is this, this conversation of, you know, cult like reflecting the culture that is accurately versus like cultivating a culture that could be. And I think mm-hmm. that, we're, you know, in seeking authenticity in seeking empathy for people, a lot of the times we're just like so accurately reflecting something so broken and not providing mm-hmm. any hope for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people will see themselves on screen and be like, that feels like me. Like that feels like me. I, you know, I have issues with, you know, body image or I have, you know, I idolize marriage and boys liking me or I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can see my parents who are struggling with, you know, divorce or infidelity or all this stuff. Like we can see the authenticity of of the broken world we live in, but it's like, what responsibility do we have as creatives to aid? Because I think people underestimate the power of the content that we view. Like everybody mm-hmm. knows how much content that we have, but I don't think people realize like it it not single handedly, but it shapes like the culture that is being created. So yes. I know that you sort of have a different take of like. Um, not just purely reflecting the culture that is, but but cultivating a culture that could be. So I would love for you to just speak on yeah. that because I, I love that. Yeah, well, when we won the Movie Guide Awards and I got to go up and, and accept my the award for Switch, I said, you know, we as film, we as storytellers can cr- reflect a broken culture or we can create a culture that leads with love. Mm-hmm. And so in all of our films, what we're trying to do is like life is messy. Following after God is messy. Raising a family, being in relationships, all the things, but to show it in a way and create something that creates conversation first and foremost for the family. Like we're always trying to create things that the parents can walk away and talk with their kids about, try to, um, and, but to show families connecting in a way that it's like, oh, if we did it like that, that's how we can connect with one another or with switch showing girls dealing with their relationships in a different way that will show girls to be like, wow, that just changed my perspective. Right. I mean, a biggest thing for me to switch, cause I got bullied so bad as mm-hmm. a young girl, it still affects me to this day when I think about the bullying issues I had. And wow. I used to always think if those kids could imagine what it was like to walk a day in my shoes and mm-hmm. saw what my life was like, would it make them stop bullying me? Yeah. So what I loved about switch was showing the girls switch bodies so that the girl who created all the pain for this other girl is now the one going to school and taking that pain and going, wow, that doesn't feel so good when it happens to you. And she learned it. And then she's now going to practice it. What we try to do is switched is like, not just say, oh, love your neighbor as yourself. That's really easy to say that. But what does that actually look like? How do you walk that out in life? In Catching Faith, it's all about telling the truth when no one's looking. And we try to walk that out in the story. We had a, a woman a woman once called me to tell me that she was watching Catching Faith. Her son came in the room and sat down halfway through and watched the movie. When the movie ended, he asked to start it again. They watched wow. the movie again. And then he told her the truth about things that were happening he had never told his mother before. 
And she wow. was like, thank you for creating a film that gave my son the permission to tell me something they hadn't told me. And then wow. I got a message from a woman who her daughter watched Switched and she was very afraid of everything, afraid to try things. She had a guitar and she'd never played it. She said that they watched Switched as a family and her daughter got up, went in the room, spent the rest of the day playing the guitar and came out for dinner and played a song for them. She goes, your wow. movie gave my daughter permission to try something. And so yeah. I think that like, it's like we, we're cultivating the the way people can imagine how their life could be by representing right. it correctly and then encouraging them to walk their life that way. Right, right, right. Because what, what good is, I mean, that's the whole message of the gospel, right? Is like going right. from death to life, from sin yes. to looking like Jesus. Like what mm -hmm. good is it if we just all sit around and say like, yeah, yeah, we're so broken without any hope. Like that's just, right. that's just the old Testament. Like that's just the life <laughs> before Jesus, which is like, yes, I, you know, I think that it kind of encapsulates the world well by saying, yes, we are broken. Like authentically displaying the world is displaying brokenness. Like, yes, mm -hmm. it's displaying bullying. However, like because we have Jesus and because this life with him is walking us towards something, like we get to be conformed mm -hmm. to the image of Jesus, which means that we have hope. So what mm -hmm. good is it to display the authenticity of brokenness without displaying also, also like authentically, we have hope. There is a better, there is a better world that can be created, yes. um, which is just so beautiful. Yeah, we want people to walk away from our films feeling hopeful, feeling like, yeah. wow, like no matter what, you have Jesus. Yeah, we have totally. won because we have Jesus because he won. And 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 yeah, we want people, I feel like there's a lot of content that people walk away feeling very, very dark and depressed. And we already yeah. are living in a time where we're fighting the darkness yeah. of evil that we need to be fulfilling, you know, the hope part of it and the telling stories that, you know, yes, life is hard, but here's some, here's some tools to be able to walk it in a new way. If you're walking with Jesus and right. like one of my, and what I love to do is we kind of, we're not, our movies do not like, we're not salvation films. We're definitely talking to believers. We hope that if non-believers watch, they're also enjoying it so that they right. can come to know the Lord. Right. Um, but we had this great story on the set of switch, you know, in the, in the youth group, we tell the good Samaritan story and that's, the whole point of switched is to talk right. about how do we love our neighbors and our love neighbors are not just our neighbors. They're everybody, everybody who looks different than us, everything. Right. So we, we were doing this scene over and over of the goods. We're telling the good Samaritan story. Mm -hmm. And one of our crew members came up to us after the film and after the filming of that scene and said, I had no idea that that story was in the Bible. Is that really in the Bible? Oh, wow. And how exciting to introduce the love yeah. of the Lord on set just by a crew member who doesn't know the Lord listening yeah. to that scene over and over and being like, I didn't know the Bible had stories like that. And I was like, oh my I'm excited. And that's just on set. And then you think that's going to go out to the world and people go, wow, I'm going to pick up my Bible because love, what is it? Love the, 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 um, number one word used in the Bible. Like there's it's so love. much yeah. love. Right. poured out from the Lord that we right. want to pour out into our films and pour into the hearts of people that they right. are loved and it doesn't yeah. have to be dark. There's a lot yeah. of hope. <laughs> yeah. I was even reading in like Galatians this morning and I think it's Galatians four. I'm actually not sure, but it says that the way that like faith gets worked out is in love. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's so much nuance to that. Like 
that that faith without love I don't think really like exists and I, yeah so I think mm-hmm. that yeah representing you know messaging of of the authenticity of the brokenness of the world but also the the power of of hope and the mm-hmm. the culture that could exist if we if we yes. bend towards hope I think is amazing um they so know we were Christians by our love right our love our love mm. I'm always reminding myself that God's number one commandment is to love him and love others as myself. So if we're not loving people, then we aren't walking the way God has called us to walk. We need to love and love and love. And that's like what I constantly hope people walk away feeling delighted after they watch our movies, feeling loved, feeling like, oh, whatever this is, I want to get this and I want to spread this. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, Amazing. So one question that Philip always asks at the end of his interviews that I am going to steal is... um, (laughs) He always asks, like, what is something God is teaching you right now? Oh, boy. Um, What is God teaching me right now? I think, I feel like I'm constantly in a state of being taught to let go Mm. of what I want all the time. Because, you know, last year we had COVID hit and I was about to film a movie and I'd spent two and a half years raising the money. And we were about to film it and we lost the opportunity, even though God did provide a window for us to do it. It was still like, you might have to pivot again. And I think that that's like letting go and just, I think the other thing is, um, lately I've been really trying to pray on, it says in the Bible to trust God from the bottom of your heart. Wow. And I'm like, okay, every morning I wake up and go, okay, today, God, I'm going to trust you from the bottom of my heart. And what does that mean? That means that literally from every ounce of my being, I will trust you. That if something isn't working out, it is because you don't want it to work out. Mm -hmm. If something is, you know, like really trusting him. And, and I, ha- I know what life is like when you're not in the will of God, because my life was yeah. a mess for 10 years. Right. And once I put my will into God and I did God's will, my life turned around tenfold. So I'm yeah. always praying, God, am I trusting you from the bottom of my heart? Am I following your will? Is this what you want? I'm always checking in and right. then knowing that he will work it all out. He really, right. he is working everything out for the good of those who love him. So um, I'm learning that. I I think even with everything that's happening with the pandemic and our our world being so shifting constantly of like rules changing and laws changing. And I want to make another movie this fall. And then I'm nervous about everything that I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. This God is not uh, surprised by anything. If we look at history, he is still you know, Jesus says, you will have troubles, but take mm-hmm. heart because I have overcome, overcome the world. Yeah. And I think right now that's something we all have to cling to as things feel very scary in the world. Right. We're like, uh-uh, Jesus has already overcome the world. We have to right. take peace in that, take mm-hmm. and trust him from the bottom of my heart. And I am working on that daily because I can be very controlling or if I've worked on something, I want it this way. And then I have to be bendable and moldable and go, no, 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 God. Okay. You're, you're pivoting this situation. And right. he has a reason. Like right. well, if we had shot the greatest inheritance in April of last year, it would not have been the same team that made it in July last year. And I have to know that God had a purpose for that. God was like, "Uh uh-uh, it's not the right time. I have the time because someone's supposed to be there. Someone's supposed to be a part of this that needs to hear a message 
And we've had a couple of those stories of people. And also how incredible, the greatest inheritance is about an estranged family that all returns home to bury their mother, but really to get their inheritance. And when they come home, they find out that their deceased mother has buried the deed to the estate and left them clues and challenges that they have to do together to find the deed. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. she's trying to teach them that the only thing we inherit on earth is the kingdom of heaven. Wow, yeah. What an incredible story to be creating during Mm -hmm. 2020. Right. And we had goosebumps every day going, for such a time as this, God wanted this message to get made and this message to go out to people to be like, the only thing we inherit on earth is the kingdom of heaven. And if we could take comfort in that during these scary times, we have Jesus. And to trust him with the bottom of our heart is what I'm really working on and to see him. That's what I was saying about full circle from the beginning of the interview. The more I get to see what God does when things shift and change, the less Mm -hmm. it makes me scared when things shift and change. Totally. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had someone ask me the other day, they were like, I was talking about something and I don't know. My life is like in very much of a limbo right now where like a lot of things are ending, but nothing is quite beginning. And Mm. um, someone was like, are you like scared? And I was like, honestly, I feel like God has been kind enough to show me and and actually show me this. And I think that I'm actually believing it now is that I just can't be trusted with my own life. Like I, I think that I genuinely believe now that the things of my life are better in God's hands than they are in mine. And I was like, honestly, you know, this might not always be this way, but I'm actually not worried because he's proven that like his ways are higher than mine and his, and his thoughts are higher than mine. And you know, life is just better walking alongside the Lord, knowing that the God of the universe has his has his hand over my life. And it isn't just about me and the decisions I make. Like, I just don't need to worry. You don't, yeah. That, and worry is such a hard thing to, to deal with. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I when I think back even to only a year ago, and that's just a year ago, because I can go back to catching faith times when I was living out of a suitcase. And I was like, mm-hmm. what am I doing, God? I don't even have an address. Like, nobody right. can even send me mail. Like, this is right. crazy. And I was like, what if this movie doesn't even work out? What if, what if, I remember I was driving, I had been on the road for like six months And I had gone from Wisconsin to New Mexico to Los Angeles and back again, living in people's couches while we were trying to make Catching Faith in like back in 2012. And I remember driving through the desert in New Mexico and it was late at night. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out of my mind. Like, this is crazy. What if this movie doesn't happen? And now I just don't have a home and I don't have anywhere to go and I'll have to start over and find a new place to live. And And I was just looking out at the desert and I swear I had this like crazy feeling that God was like, you are doing exactly what I want you to do. Keep Mm. going. And I felt this peace come into the car that I hadn't felt since I gave everything up and moved on the road (laughs) and lived on people's couches that I was like, okay, okay, God, I will just keep going. I will keep going. And I feel like I have done that for the past 10 years of my life, when God has called me to do something crazy that I'm like, that's impossible. Or, oh, I just remember that piece in the car that he was like, you're doing exactly what I want. And I I actually have one more story that is so cool about prayer. And oh gosh, I just love, I love the Lord. And I love, I love that my life is completely in his will now, but I had had a lot of struggles getting 
switched and the greatest inheritance and some movies off the ground. And I was hitting a lot of roadblocks and I was really kind of thinking about giving up. It was actually the time when I started opening my home to Christian women entertainment in Los Angeles, because I was getting a lot of attacks. And I just thought, okay, God, if this is not what you want, I will stop doing this. Like this is getting crazy. It's getting too hard. And I was having like three survival jobs and I, so I went and met with Karen Covell from the Hollywood prayer network. She's the most incredible woman who started this ministry in Hollywood praying for people. And someone introduced me to her and she invited me to her offices. And I sat down with Karen Covell and I just laid my heart on the table. And I was like, Karen, I felt like God called me to do this, but, and I had made catching faith and wish for Christmas. And then I hit like every roadblock. I felt like I was that girl when I was in LA in my twenties where everything was hitting me wrong. And I was like, Karen, I, I just think that if this is a pray for me, because if God wants me to stop, I'll stop and I'll go do something else with my life because I right. don't want to step out of his will. Mm-hmm. So Karen prays for me and I, we, we talk, she encourages me to continue. She was like, I've been praying for a woman to come to Hollywood and fight for women in the Christian world. I've been praying for somebody like you. And I was like, well, then pray that God opens some doors for me. <laughs> and I walk out of the room And I get home and Karen calls me and she said, Alexandra, when you walked out of the room, God said, you call her right now and you tell her to keep going and not to give up. Wow. And I said, okay, I won't give up. And the next couple of weeks, I I opened my home to Christian Women Entertainment. And only a few weeks later, I found the woman who became my partner and investor in the next two movies. And it just gives me goosebumps that like, God is there for us all the time. Right. And if he, we, he wants it, he'll speak through somebody else to tell you. Because yeah. I was about to give up <laughs> again. Right. I was like, yeah. I'll go to New Mexico and live in the desert and give yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. well, Isn't that yeah. crazy, though? And that was yeah. back in 2015, 2016 or 17. I don't know. What uh, year is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Who knows? But Fine. yeah, so and the power of praying for each other and fi- mm-hmm. having community and Christians. That's why mm-hmm. I am really before COVID hit, I was trying to once a month open my home to Christian women entertainment to get them together, to have, have, find somebody in Hollywood that believes what you believe and pray for you because Mm -hmm. it is a tough industry and God needs us to stay in it and fight for him. Yeah. Fight for his message to stay in entertainment because it's the biggest medium in the world. It goes into people's homes all over the world. It's right. Huge responsibility. Right. It is. And I think, yeah, I mean, and I think that there are probably some people here who are listening who probably think, you know, that it maybe is time for them to give up. And I think that it's 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 one thing to be scared and it's one thing to be fearful and just be tired. And I think it's another to be called out of something. So, I, I mean, I would just encourage anybody who's listening and you're like, I'm on the verge of like breaking up with the industry. Um, I would encourage you to to – pray over that and know that there are people I didn't even know about the Hollywood Prayer Network that sounds incredible it's incredible um, Hollywood Prayer Network and there's a website there are yeah hundreds of people praying for people in the industry it's such an incredible she's a connector there she has introduced me to so many Christians working in Hollywood so many studio executives you wouldn't even know are believers and right. it's really exciting to know that there are a lot of people in there fighting for you know, if, if they can't get God in the into the studio movie, they at least are trying to get morality into it because right. um, 
you know, even if they can make one change that can shift a, a piece of content that goes out there that can influence lives. Right. It's so important to have that. But the Hollywood Prayer Network is incredible. It changed my life. Karen Covell mm-hmm. changed my life. Actually, Lee, Laura Lee Turner interviews Karen Covell on her show. And oh, it's yeah, an incredible yeah. episode. Amazing. Yes. We should listen. So, but yeah, and, and I want to encourage people too that like, don't give up. Pray, first off, pray. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. And then ask him if you need to pivot to pivot. Like I was literally had written a horror thriller script and God called me to faith-based family. And I dropped this entire trajectory I was on to follow this. And I'm always like, God, if you want me to change directions or go somewhere else or do it Mm -hmm. a different way, be in it to win it for God. And Mm -hmm. he will continue to show up and and, and show you where you're supposed to be. But sometimes we have to wait it out. I mean, it was a year and a half that I was hitting walls and going, maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe I'm not going to make any more movies for God. I don't know. And now look, I've done three movies, one a year since that happened. And now I'm shooting one this October. So that's incredible. (laughs) And I think he wants to see that we trust him and that we're really in it for him. And it's for him. It's like what you said in the beginning about money. You know, it cannot Mm -hmm. be about money. It can't. It has to be that you are in it to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and do what God wants. He needs to use you. And you have to be willing to go, whatever God you want to use me, I will be your vessel. I will be your hands and feet here. Right. Even if it doesn't look the way we thought. Like I thought it was going to be the next Emma Stone, the next Lindsay right. Lohan. The back, well, back when she was in Mean Girls, I was like, I thought I was going to be a movie star. And gosh, I'm so glad that God pivoted my life because it's way better right. than what way I could have ever imagined. Yeah. For my I love that. I love it so mm-hmm. much. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us today. I I am so inspired and I, I it's actually funny that you said like God will use people because I feel like when you said you're doing the right thing, keep going. Like I feel like God really used that to speak over me. Mm. So I really appreciate yeah. it. You are the best, Alexandra. We're so oh, excited. Oh, you're the best, Emma. Amazing. Thank yeah, you. And it- this was so fun. I hope I hope people are encouraged and inspired and I just lo- I love that. I love to inspire other people, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. You're the best. And for anybody <laughs> listening, if you want to follow Alexandra, you can follow. She's has an Instagram switched, has an Instagram catch, catching faith, has an Instagram. Just check her out. She's going to be all over our social media too. So check her out and, and make sure that you keep up to date. There's so much more that we also didn't even get to talk about on, on the podcast today. There are studies and, and Bible studies um, connected yes. with the movies and there's a website for that. So be sure to check all that out. Um, yeah. On, on social media. But thank you yeah, so much, Yeah, and write Alexandra. to me. You're welcome. And if people want to write to me on Instagram, I always write everyone back. So feel Yay. free to reach out because I oh. love to connect with people. Love that. Amazing. So fun. Yeah, reach out to Alexandra, everybody. Um, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay.